want to start with a question this morning. I want to ask if you have ever received a gift you weren't aware that you needed. Maybe it was $50 just then. A few months ago, I was at a cafe with my family, Lee and I, uh, my brother, my sister, their kids, mum, dad, nana and granddad. Nana, you're beautiful this morning. Could you give her a hand? Come here. Come here. I do love you despite what I'm about to say. <laughs> so, so we were at this cafe, whole family there, and as it came to the end of the cafe, uh, end of the time, Nana leaned over to me and she said, Joshy, in the way that she does, I don't want to offend you, but... Well, it doesn't really mean anything, does it? Granddad and I would love to give you some money to buy some new clothes. <laughs> Wait, why would I be offended? I looked around to the 14 other people there and they seemed to be oblivious to what was going on. So I thought, yes, I'm getting new clothes and you're not. But then it, I stopped. Why would I be offended? What was... What was it about me that meant that Nana would lean in and say those things to me? Why couldn't she just say, Joshy, here's some money, we love you, why don't you go shopping? Well, because that wasn't exactly her motive. <laughs> why, she was look why was she looking at me so concerned? What Nana knew and what I was about to learn is that some gifts come with an admission of guilt like the Lynx Africa pack that my mother-in-law buys me every Christmas. <laughs> like a pack of chewing gum. Or a how to parent young children book while your child's running around in the cafe. Or a low sugar Easter egg or some pointless alternative at Easter time. <laughs> Have you ever received a gift that you didn't realize you needed? Sometimes gifts come with an admission of guilt. In accepting this money, I was accepting that unlike the 14 others at the table, I couldn't look after myself. <laughs> was it the tears in my jeans, Nana? You know it's the fashion. Or was it the fact that at the time I only had three rotations of t-shirts, the same one pair of jeans and two pairs of black shoes? I'm not sure. All I knew that was when I accepted that, I accepted that I was substandard to my brother and sister. And that was never going to happen. So I probed, how much are we talking about? <laughs> that seems pretty good. I might actually give you a suggestion for that. What would you suggest, Nana? And that was my mistake. Darling, she leant in again, maybe a couple shirts. And maybe some jeans. Okay? And maybe some shoes. I'm sure she threw in socks there and I said, stop, Nana. I'm not going to get a fresh pair of jocks from your money. It's not happening. And so I handed my bank details over and stormed out of the cafe. Some gifts come with an admission of guilt. In John 17, verse 1, it says, After saying all these things, Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son so that he can give glory Back to you. The hour has come. What is Jesus talking about? 
What hour? We know now the hour that he was talking about, but imagine if you were one of the disciples. Imagine if you were one of the people there. The hour has come. Jesus talked about the hour a lot. In John 7, Jesus says, my hour has not yet come. In John 8, Jesus was almost arrested, but John writes that his hour had not yet come. In John 12, Jesus prayed, save me from this hour. And in Mark 14, Jesus in the garden pleaded, if possible, might this hour pass from me. Everything, the miracles, the ministry, the persecution, every moment, the climax, the sum total of his life was pointed towards the hour. The hour has come. So the question is, why? Well, in John 17, verse 2, it says, For you have given him authority over everyone. He gives eternal life to each one you have given him. And this is the way to have eternal life. To give us eternal life. Eternal life was what the hour was about. It's almost ironic that an hour set up eternity. So what's the point? You have to know this morning that eternal life is a restoration. It's not an added bonus. It's what we were built for. In Ecclesiastes 3.11, it says that he placed eternity on our hearts. Don't believe in God. Do believe that there's a God. I believe that there is something missing on the inside of us when we are apart from Jesus. The hour, this hour is about restoring that missing part. Sin had separated humanity from a relationship with God and Jesus through the cross was the bridge we needed to restore us to the fullness of how we were created. Look at the world. It's almost obvious. We consume, we consume, and we consume. We attach ourselves to new trends. We search everywhere for love, acceptance, and purpose. I've been there. I've been searching. I've been on the end of pills and alcohol and success and even $80,000 in a reality TV show. But I promise you that none of that changed anything in me except to make me more angry, more bitter, or just plain bored. But when I made the decision to chase after Jesus with my whole life, I probably live more uncomfortably now than I did then. But I am full up of love. I know my God accepts me and I am alive with purpose. How many else know what I'm talking about? I don't know what you might be filling that gap with. I probably haven't been through what you have been through. I probably haven't been hurt like you have, but I know someone that has. From when you were born, he placed eternity on your heart. It's not life circumstances. You don't need to fix them. It's not that everything around you seems to fall apart and the other people are lucky. Circumstances are real. Pain is real. But they only expose a hole in our heart that reversing the circumstances won't change. But Jesus promises that believing in him will. 
In John 4.10, it says, Jesus replied, if, only knew, if you only knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. He goes into verse 14, he says, but those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh, bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Never thirsty again. A fresh, bubbling spring within them. Can I ask you another question? When does eternal life begin? Has it already begun? Does it start now? Does it start when we die? That seems pointless. Why does eternal life matter now? In 1 John verse 5, chapter 5, verse 13, it says, I have written this to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know you have eternal life. Eternal life is something that we can know now that we have. John wanted us to know that eternal life is to be enjoyed by experience as we believe. In other words, for any of you who presently believe in Jesus, we can presently enjoy eternal life. This is what gets us up in the morning. Our minds and our hearts are unattached to the rusted out sinking ship that is, that is this world. And they are firmly placed in the soul-satisfying eternal word of God. Eternal life is not simply quantity. It's not simply how long. It's also about quality. It's also about how good. The happiness, satisfaction, freedom, confidence, comfort, and humility that come to the believer are the beams that radiate from the gospel. It is this that colors in our life. It is real life. When Jesus prayed that prayer in John 17, the hour has come. Jesus was saying that there is all the difference in the world between existing and living. There is all the difference in the world between existing and living. At every level of life, there is a greater awareness of reality. Think about the plant. The plant can sense temperature and warmth and so grows towards the sun. But the plant has no awareness of what exists alongside it. The plant isn't aware of the dog that's in the garden. The dog, the dog has all five senses. The dog can see and touch and know that the plant exists because it has a greater awareness of its reality. But the dog can't reflect. The dog can't reason. The dog has no concept of right or wrong, injustice or justice. Sorrow or joy, tragedy. But we as humans do. Human beings know that these things are real. We operate, we adjudicate, we navigate according not only to our five senses, but our greater awareness of reality. So, what does that mean? Does that mean if we follow after Jesus, our IQ goes up? Unfortunately, not. Does it mean that? We suddenly have a sixth sense. Can we now speak to the dog in the garden and the dog speak back to us? No. We know what happens with plant life, animal life, and human life, but what is it about eternal life? I think when we choose to believe in Jesus 
and have a relationship with him, it means we can truly know love. We can truly know acceptance. And we can truly know and experience purpose. Imagine someone in crisis without Jesus. As a pastor, I might say, God loves you. This is just a short time in comparison to eternity with Jesus. And someone that doesn't follow Jesus goes, how does that help? Let me put it another way. A flower doesn't know it's a flower. The dog urinates on the flower. Humanity sees the flower as pretty. But someone who is in touch with their creator understands that if this is the beauty that he bestows in a broken world upon a small flower, what kind of beauty will he bestow upon me in the world to come when we are one together? When we choose to believe in Jesus and have relationship with him, we can truly know and experience love, acceptance, and purpose. Love that toiled, love that waited, that begged for the time to pass, but knew that when the hour did come, that love would prevail. And in the greatest act of love would lay himself down on the cross for our freedom from merely existing, our freedom from a living death and access to eternal life, a love that would paint the cross red. So the only question remains, how do I receive eternal life? After saying all these things, Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. And in verse 3, he says, And this is the way to have eternal life, to know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, the one you sent to earth. And this is the way to have eternal life, to know you, the only and true God. The truth of the life of Jesus and the story of the Bible, if you will let me condense it into four statements, is this. God loves you and has an incredible plan for your life. Man is marred by sin and so separated from God. And God sent his son, Jesus Christ, as an exclusive covering to that sin. Each of us must accept Christ into our lives and abide in him for the promise of eternal life. And this is the way to have eternal life, to know you, the only and true God. The other thing that he says is to know you, not to know about you, but to know. It's personal. It's a relationship. It's not just knowing the story of the Bible. It's knowing our creator. It's praying to him. It's listening. It's reading our Bible. And the third thing that Jesus mentions in verse 3, he says, and this is the way to have eternal life, to know you, the only and true God, and Jesus Christ. The access point is through Jesus Christ. It's a gift. It's grace. It's the hour. It's only because of the hour. Hell's minions couldn't stand against the hour. Jesus died for you, knowing we would stuff up again knowing we wouldn't always love him back, knowing all of this, knowing we were broken. He died for us and he died for you because God so loved the world that he sent his only son, that whoever would believe in him would have eternal life. Would the band join me 
up here at the moment. You know, I was thinking about this message and I thought, how can I put this into a statement? The message of the gospel. And I thought about my life up until this point and I thought about the moments where I had stuffed up royally. And I wrote this down. I didn't have to get my life all back together and then go to him. I went to him and he put my life back together. Would you close your eyes with me at this moment? I want you to think about that right now. Think about maybe the areas of your life that are still messy. Or the areas as you look back, you look back with regret. And you think, I wish I had made a different decision there. Think about the good things about you. Think about the times of success. And think about when it all fell apart. You don't have to get your life all back together and then go to Him. You can go to Him now and He will put your life back together. I think the greatest gifts are the ones we never knew we needed because they are the gifts that when we accept them, we discover we could never really live without them. And they're precious because the gift giver saw something in us that we couldn't see. That's what Jesus did when He died on the cross as they shouted, crucify him. And he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. There is a world of difference between existing and living. When we believe in Jesus, we can truly understand love, acceptance and purpose. I want to say as your eyes remain closed that this is your hour. Your hour to step into eternity and out of just existence, scrambling, reaching or feeling empty, This morning, right now, this is your hour because the hour has come. Jesus paid our debt when he uttered the words, it is finished. It's as simple as acknowledging the truth that we are all sinners in need of a saviour and that Jesus died on the cross to save us from those sins. I would like to give the opportunity to anyone who wants to make that decision this morning. What we're going to do is ask you to put your hand up as an outward acknowledgement of an inward decision and so that I can identify you and pray with you. And we're going to celebrate as a church together because there is no better time than now to step into eternity and experience real love, real acceptance and true purpose. So if that's you, would you put your hand up right now? Maybe you've walked away from God Or maybe this is the first time you've ever made the decision. I'm going to let the moment linger. Because I know that when it's real, there's something in your mind that is racing. That's God calling you. Awesome. See you over there on the left. Once you put up your hand, you can put it down. Is there anyone else? Awesome. Let's stand as a church. We're going to pray together and then we're going to go out in a moment of celebration. Would you repeat after me? Dear Jesus, 
I acknowledge I am a sinner in need of a Savior. I believe you, Jesus, died on the cross for me. Come into my heart. I want to know you. Forgive me. I want to live my life for you. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Would you give a hand? You know, we were praying this morning down here before the service. And we said that all of this is enough for one. For one more into an eternity with Jesus. As we worship, if you need prayer for anything in your life, don't wait till Sunday. We know the story. And so I invite you to come forward. We would love to pray for you as we go out with this final worship song.